1: Shop it all at samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately.
2: Put my dad and a long day behind you. Good times lie ahead. With company,
1: with keeping. Then a bash smile on your head. Come on in. The doors open. You'll find just a, a time to folks here. Pull up a chair. Prepare to tra- tra- drink.
0: And tra- let
3: Narsin stores your ear. Good, c- We're c- c- really And welcome to the tavern. And no, Andrea, that wasn't an echo. That was Cogsley stuttering as he sings our intro music. He's just having a night of it, I guess. Um, mm. I, I think it's... it's... On the... What's that, Kev? It's been on the source already. Well, he disappeared for about 24 hours yesterday till, you know, mid-afternoon today, so I think he might have been on a bender or hooked up with somebody and he's still recovering. Okay, tonight's topic on the tavern is going to be, um, I'm debating which, which topic I want to go with first. Let's go ahead and start with Skynet. We're going to talk about Skynet in this episode. And I need everybody to know this is an adult channel and podcast with adult topics and humor and so on and so forth. We're not here to offend you, but if that's what you like, we're happy to help. So, beyond that, I am Travis Sivart, host and other things. Um, general good guy and asshole all around. I am, uh, have my vices today of rum and coke and a nice gordo. Cao, Brasilia, Amazonia. It's a cigar that I'm looking forward to lighting up here any moment. Now, um, oh, who to pick? Who to pick? Let's move over and let Andrea go next.
4: Sorry, I had to unmute. Okay, Andrea, the chat here. My vices are a little bowl of peanut butter M Ms and tea, of course. So who to pick
5: who to pick how about our baby shark hi i'm baby shark uh also known as chris uh i am one of the og co-hosts uh from back in the day when we went to uh the internets um but yeah yeah that me.
3: I was worried we were going to have to call you Baby Shark the whole episode.
6: <laughs> I,
4: can I mean, do that.
3: what's your vice? Yeah, I can do that.
5: Yeah,
4: your
3: vice. you got to work
5: up to that. What's your vice? Uh, tonight I am I am drinking a rare vintage of Mott's unfiltered apple juice because I am on antibiotics and cannot drink the alcohol. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh.
5: Antibiotics. Mm. I mean, I'd, I'd like the kidney infection to go away. So, you know, there's that.
2: Kevin. Why, thank you, kind sir. Uh, I am Kevin, coming live to you from England at an uh, ungodly hour of the morning where I'm currently smoking hand rolled drum tobacco and sipping on a Trevento Argentinian malbec, of which I have a copious score
3: rub your mic for me kevin <laughs> do it again please nope that's not yeah. it yeah you lean no, back I, and you got a lot quieter than everything pre-show so i'm like oh darn it we forgot to check man, that, yeah, that well you fix that and we'll, we'll, well uh well, let ed I'll take right
2: will
6: oh, let me hand over to ed hey i'm ed the black man they saved me for last my vice tonight is watermelon, bold rocks. That is what I did there, right?
4: <laughs>
3: Out of white guilt, I'm going to say we saved the best for last.
4: <laughs> yeah, we did the
3: <laughs> Or the bad-assest, one of the two, we don't know. Okay, so tonight's topic, oh, first I want to let everybody know who's listening to the podcast right now welcome to the tavern we do have a live and interactive audience right here in the tavern with us and we're going to be reading off their comments and and their questions and other such things so if you hear me ding the bell it means i want to read some comments if otherwise we might do it without the bell now for our live and interactive chat folks hanging out right here we will be reading your comments answering your questions and so on but as long as they're either a terribly entertaining or b relevant so if we miss something forgive us we can't get to them all every time Other than that our tonight's topic is skynet so we're all familiar i would hope with skynet from terminator basically the satellite mm-hmm. system that triggered the takeover of the machines and so on beyond that I, th- I think Nova said today's vice hand rolled American spirit and chocolate from the UK. And then said, hi, beautiful people. Hi. So there we go. Hi. Um, you know, I'm wondering if I need to maybe, uh, get, get Cogsley and aspirin right there. <clears throat> Could be.
2: Um, So, anyhow... Is it it a coincidence that on an episode about Skynet, our artificial chatbot has started acting erratically? Mm. Fair point. You guys remember remember a few years back when we did the government surveillance episode and all the way through, we kept having tech issues and Ed saw a strange black van at the end of his drive? Mm -hmm. Yep.
4: (laughs) We don't talk about that. Oh, shit.
3: When we did the Uh Halloween scary stuff we've experienced... Episode: Something fell off behind the wall when Andrew was telling her story
2: that had been up there for like three years. It's uh, yeah. We can we do can we do an episode where we talk exclusively about horror stories involving single malt whiskey and pussy? Or maybe I about just to do a field experiment. Can, can we talk
3: about finding large amounts of money buried in the yard? Because I think there's actually a chance of that happening here.
2: That's a good idea. Then we can buy. Single more whiskey and pussy. (laughs) That's right.
3: That's right. We're
4: getting another
2: cat. God damn
3: it, Kevin. Uh, so anyhow, Skylink, or I'm sorry, Starlink is Elon Musk's latest project where he is taking he already has a couple thousand up and they're looking at putting up fifteen thousand more and I'm sure more beyond that. Dinner size plate, satellites in low orbit. basically blanket the planet to deliver broad um, broadband internet across the world go ahead Chris
5: Uh, so there's only around 500 satellites so Chris you're really gonna just
3: like argue over the numbers right away (laughs) point is broadband across the world there was like fifteen hundred launched the other day, like this week or something, There or f- six hundred yeah, yeah. or something, on top of what's already up there. The point is, it's a buttload. Yes. Oh, it's, it
6: depends uh, on the butt. Well, true, true. Go on, Chris. Yeah,
5: it's like there's there's like there were four hundred and fifty or so satellites this week. They launched another like 1100 or something like that. So and there's like 1500 now. The rights to put up to like 42,000, I think is what the current number is actually.
3: 15,000 right. by 2022.
5: Right. But like they're they're real close to that now and then they they in the future within the next like 20 years or so have the ability to put up to another, like, get the total number up to 42,000, satellites.
3: Gotcha. Well, they're saying within seven years it'll be maxed out anyway, so I'm sure they'll need it or an upgrade or something.
4: So, all I'm hearing from this is, has anybody seen Kingsman?
2: <laughs> it's funny you should say that. Mm. I thought about that earlier. Great movie, That's if you happen, have it, by the way. That's
4: what flashes of
3: another great role by Sam Jackson
6: All mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: that's the topic folks have a great night <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. I think you're right Andrew I think it's always the immediate worry isn't it when you talk about any kind of global network because the, the, you can argue the Internet's global. But the issue is obviously that people are aware vaguely, even if you're not technically savvy of roughly how the Internet works. So we are all aware that there are routers and servers. And, you know, and there are basically there are points in a network. The, the more you start to talk about the concept of a global network, with everyone being attached to one thing, the more your brain starts to panic about what happens if there's a virus? What happens if someone hacks it? Then it's not just Microsoft got hacked or facebook got hacked it's everybody in the world got hacked so yeah yeah that's i think it's a natural response
3: i'm pretty safe even if they do hack me
5: oh well and that's the thing like you they're with this service of of Starlink like it's not even you have to pay extra to be able to connect your mobile phone to their service, which they are then relaying already to existing networks so it's not even like until Elon Musk decides he wants to come out with his own cellular network and service like that you'll get the same sort of service that you would currently now with internet. So yeah, because it's like I think it's like a fourteen hundred dollar initial thing to get their kit right now, and then it's like a hundred bucks a month.
3: It's five hundred to, to get the installation kit, and a hundred and hundred a month.
4: Yeah, I'm just like I don't have five hundred dollars for the installation kit.
3: Still cheaper than going with you know HughesNet or whatever satellite services
4: it, out it, there. But that chunk of money right there is more than a car payment.
5: Yeah, but this kind of toy aren't for us. It's for the tech nerds who are like, I got to have the newest and coolest and most expensive new technology.
3: No, this is Mm. for us. This is so I can run a podcast. This is so kids in rural areas can go to school Yeah, I I get what you're saying ultimately,
2: but I think what Chris is saying is right now it's nothing more than a rich boy's toy until it becomes much more widely utilized. Here's why I disagree with that one.
3: Because it's still cheaper than HughesNet satellite. So people in rural areas, and HughesNet is absolute crap, super crap. Like the the numbers here (laughs) from this is less than cable or whatever. But it far surpasses anything coming out of HughesNet or any other satellite system out there. And $500, it might sound a lot, but when you have a two income family, you know, $500, I I know people spend that eating out every weekend. They're not rich, they just blow a lot of money on stupid shit. And I'm sure there's going to be a credit plan. So this is not a rich man's toy. Not for. It, not for, I mean, if you're going to give up your $130 cable payment because we all have streaming services now and you won't need that, or if you can get cable. I can't even get cable in this area. No
6: cable,
3: yeah. So, and that monthly payment. I didn't what's that? Well.
4: So, um, yeah, $500 doesn't seem like that much in the long run if they have a payment plan kind of like people with their $1,500 phones to make it a little a mm-hmm. little easy to get, I can see that for like the average family or household because people spend a lot of money on phones $500 ain't shit
3: I, I mean I watch mm-hmm. people at work just working at <laughs> Amazon $15 an hour spending $500 on a a day out you know they get a new pair of shoes spend 150 bucks eating out and go do something else and it's a $500 day oh to be
4: young yeah I know <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's different when you have kids but look at what parents spend on kids nowadays for Christmas you know an average of like $700 per child Oh yeah. and I could be off wow. somebody could google that and totally called me on that one it's a it's a lot
5: I know it
4: happens and you I'm just what? worried about the money side of it but go on about the technical awesomeness of what's going to
0: happen
5: I was going to say a lot of that like spending that much on kids now is kids want iPhones and like those fancy technical tablets and devices instead of you know the toys we had that at the time weren't cheap but again I'll, I'll take the Little van and the Ninja Turtles. Come on, like that's thats what I want to play with. Give me my Ninja Turtle
3: van. <laughs> right. Which on eBay might be five hundred dollars. So keep an eye out for Which it. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's relative, you know. with I wouldn't say, the cost of living has increased, but the cost of living wages have not. So you know, things are inflation-wise comparable but our pay rate is not but uh yeah so if we get a network computer to deliver information across the world what else could that bring along nothing bad right
4: (laughs) so Mm. let me throw this out there with all the quarantines and all the things and people it's kind of a norm to work from home do school from home, do everything from home. Do you think with this network making it more accessible to some of the remote areas, that will be the norm? They'll just stop doing what they did before and keep it like this, where people can work from home more or do school?
2: I think now that businesses have been forced to do that kind of thing, by COVID, even if they don't adopt that as a a carry-on thing once this pandemic lifts. A lot of companies are going to bear that in mind as an alternative work strategy, either for the resurgence of something else like this, or for some companies will have found it a strain to adapt to this and have their staff working from home, but others might have found financial benefit from not having to have staff come into work. And so if a is capable of adapting and shifting to that business model, then yes, I think you might actually see some companies go, well, hang on, if we can do this and everyone's actually being as productive from home, then screw having concrete factories. Let's right. just hook everyone up via a network, get rid of all these material costs. Yeah, I think it could happen.
5: I, I think so too, but also in the same time, I know a lot of those companies that you know require you to come in and do your 40 hours a week even though it's been proven that like everyone has to work at home they are still doing their job and actually being slightly more productive are still going to be like no 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 y'all got to come into work and sit in your little cubicle and do all of this and it's like but but the pandemic has shown us that we we don't have to
3: right if i may, um i recently read a report and a study on this exact topic. There are three philosophies, totally work from home, totally work in the office, and the hybrid. What they're finding with the pandemic is company culture is disappearing, and they're worried about this. Now, this is partially propaganda and whatever the nationalism equivalent is to rah, 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 our company, Um, but it also has to do with direct interacting and face to face with your coworkers to create that actual bond between you as well as sucking up to the boss to get the better jobs or assignments or whatever. So what they're finding as they're doing the hybrid and some people are working from home they're actually feeling like a redheaded stepchild or a second-class citizen because they don't get that one-on-one face time anymore to garner that natural human favoritism that happens everywhere, all the time, um, so, yeah, some companies have definitely gone to, fuck, we could do it all from home, sweet, let's do that, and some are like, screw that, because we cannot lord over our employees, we want them in our cubicles, as Chris said, then there's that middle ground, where, you know, maybe we, uh, let you work at home four days a week and one day a week you got to come in for the meetings and the things and the things
6: right you're still just going to do the same 40 percent amount of work that you do whether you're at home at work wait a minute what what was that Hmm. 40 percent
3: shit i have been doing it wrong for a long fucking time. (laughs) You've been doing
6: it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And Sam? That's
5: that's the problem. I would say with my work, I have to do 80% of it in the building. Like I just, I can't not be in the building to do my job. The the other 20%, I can totally 100% sit at home at my desk because otherwise I'm sitting at my desk at work. Uh, I thought about working from home today, but I don't have a printer here and I needed to print off a bunch of stuff <laughs> yes. to do
3: work. You got a 3D printer. So I went to work,
5: printed the things and sat at my desk for the rest of the day. Hmm. But like, yeah, I, I think for the majority of our like marketing and development departments, like they haven't set foot in one of our buildings in over a year and they're doing just fine. And like we have, you know, those now they're bi weekly staff happy hours. So everyone can get together and talk about all of the shit that is unwork related. Now, are if those to
3: have, are those required?
5: Uh, they are not required. The last one was required, but they normally are not required.
3: Yeah, because I'd be like, "Wait, you want me to get up and leave my house, go to a bunch of people that I don't socialize with normally to drink?" Ugh.
5: Oh well, yeah, but they're all on Zoom, so you you just get to drink <laughs> Oh! The no, problem that's... is, I'm still working on Fridays when the Zoom happy hour starts, so, like, I can't even join in with all of my coworkers <laughs> who have stopped working early on a Friday to get together and drink, because I'm still sitting at my desk in the theater.
3: Crying. man <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to type a message in chat. <laughs> I'll be there soon it's
5: uh, bringing us back around to our topic for the evening Uh one of the big problems I have with um, StarNet is actually astronomy and being able to see the stars Um, they have fucked up a good portion of our ability to actually view space and take long exposure pictures which was what we need to do to find like exoplanets for example because we monitor light loss coming in from stars when things are passing in front of stars right. and with the satellites it is completely destroying our ability to detect those dips because we're seeing you know the satellites flash by all of the cameras now essentially it's destroying terrestrial astronomy
3: even though they're the size of a dinner plate it's interfering that much
5: oh absolutely because they're white i believe they they also do have a blinking light on them which
3: you won't see with the naked eye but with the telescope it would definitely or a long exposure i believe it would
5: yes um there there are several pictures the um that really famous, uh, No, why can't I think of their name? They're in Hawaii. They're on the top of that volcano in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And have taken some amazing pictures. They were like, this is the first three nights after Elon Musk has launched his first 10 satellites. And it was like a half hour or 45 minutes exposure. And you had six giant streets of the satellites crossing by in front of the thing. And it's like, our project that we've been doing the last six months is now ruined because we have no research data from tonight because of the satellites and have to recalibrate everything
3: I thought these satellites were stationary not in rotation hmm
5: they are not in geosynchronous orbit that takes far too much right. coordination to do hmm and in geosynchronous orbit, they're still falling, because mm-hmm. that's just how gravity
3: is. But <laughs> what are you going to say, Andrea?
4: Nothing. I'm on mute. I'm just listening.
3: Mm. I thought you were saying something. Listening <laughs> to me rant about
4: astronomy. Mm. I'm just making faces. I'm like, well, that's okay. Messing up the pictures.
2: Yeah. Is- It raises an interesting point, though. I mean, are we sacrificing long-term scientific expansion and endeavour for short-term expediency? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's always a risk in doing that, isn't there? Yeah. Uh,
5: Well, I know,
2: scientifically speaking, I mean, the argument, playing devil's advocate for a minute, you can argue that You can create algorithms that will detect and account for the passage of the satellites but the trouble is it's going to cause interference like you say so even if it doesn't wipe out projects with the example that you've given it's going to cause interference it's going to slow down research so we gain a benefit now from having this wonderful connectivity but given the long-term arguments about the viability of earth as a survivable planet Hmm. Are are we gambling an awful lot about the potential future of humanity for the sake of being able to get access to Yahoo faster?
3: I think we are, (laughs) but only until
2: the machines
3: take over. Mm. Then they'll be Mm. taking the pictures from orbit and they'll kill us.
2: It becomes a redundant point of view, admittedly, at that point. But before then, we have several other phases to go through, and I'd just like to take this opportunity once more to say that I welcome our new Chinese overlords.
5: There we go. Well, and that's, like, part of, you know, Elon Musk's, like, rush to get up to Mars by, like, 2030 or whatever it is. Like, like he's, he's trying to monopolize A on being the first, you know, company in person to get us to mars but like part of that is like well we're destroying this planet so i might as well get the fuck out of dodge while i can
2: am i the only person who thinks that mankind's eventual repopulation of the stars in the future will be horrendously cheapened if it's achieved by capitalism rather than scientific endeavor it,
5: i mean yeah.
2: Yes. It, it, <laughs> It goes back to my I mean, theory. Be it'll be, it'll still be kick-ass to be able to go and walk on the surface of Mars. But
3: yeah, yeah. we'll be doing it out of you know, shipping containers, <laughs> not beautiful bubbles that we could see through. Um, and it goes back to my theory of the two or multiple types of mental wiring, genetic wiring towards. Being the alpha by dominance, whether it's financial, physical, or otherwise, or being able to work together as a group to move forward.
1: Thank you for those bits. Appreciate it. Raise our
2: glass to those. Cheers. Showing the booty.
3: But yeah, Uh if we could learn to work together, it'd be a different story. We're not just doing things for the sake of self-advancement individually, and whether that individual is a single person or a company or a country or whatever, one entity of some level or another. We have a chance of cleaning up our planet and stopping doing stuff and populating other places in the right way. But right now, if we continue with our path, nope, we're fucking over our planet, and we'll fuck over the next one, too.
5: I mean, we have, what, less than seven years to make drastic environmental changes before... They've
6: been saying that for 100 years. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I mean, that's...
2: This is an argument for a whole separate show, but I can see both sides of that coin. You're right, Ed, they have. Uh, And the goalposts do seem to shift continuously, but then you kind of weigh that up against looking at humanity and the way we've suddenly begun very, very rapidly on an almost exponential curve to consume vast amounts of resources in order to maintain daily life you do have to wonder if we aren't pushing our fucking luck a little bit in terms of time scale. You know, Ed says
3: they've been saying that for a hundred years, but look at how much shit he's got stowed for when something happens.
6: Oh, hell yeah. Yes. So, he's not I oblivious. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs>
3: have
2: been saying it. What do you say about it when you have that many pickled and canned goods?
6: I figure sooner or later, some motherfucker's gonna get it right.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: since human history began people have been predicting the end of the world it is something built into human psychology to go I'm living in the worst time ever and we're all going to die it's wired into us Um, but beyond that yeah we have survived this long we have amazing advancements but we do have an amazing amount of trash that is not renewable and uh, again I throw this philosophy at you've each heard this at some point in time Why not clean it up? If we're wrong and we're not rolling down the shitter right now, cleaning it up isn't going to hurt anything. It's only going to help anyway.
6: Um, we're rolling down the shitter every day okay the, the still line from Battlestar Galactica it has happened before it will happen yeah I, I don't think whatever is around the corner sure we might not be helping right but I don't think whatever is around the corner we're going to
3: prevent yeah I think if science is right we're already too far along because they have moved the goalpost <laughs> multiple times and if it's that flexible, well, we're going to get a big surprise. We're going to wake up one day, and five years later, the world's going to be very different
0: mm-hmm.
3: when a series of events kick off. Or we'll be here 200 years from now with people going, we got to clean up our act. And somebody else going, they've been saying that for 100, <laughs> 100 years. 300 <laughs> years now. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, there's... If it's in a short space of time, at least we'll still be alive to sit here and making a podcast that says, we told you so. Right.
5: <laughs> All right, mark the date. In seven and a half years, once we've had it. its <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's,
3: that's pretty much just doubling the time we've been on the air. So, yeah, this year, pretty much, yeah. I guess this year will actually be nine years in October. Nine years, oh yeah, and that's with the live broadcast. Counting I know, the still
2: only twenty-one years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Wait, what?
6: Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't twenty-one when we started. Hey, uh, you know what I, I was just?
3: Close. What I just realized is Zazzle was born the year the tavern went live instead of pre-recorded.
5: It's our little tavern, baby.
3: Anyhow, for anybody that doesn't know, Zazel is one of our cats here in the tavern. I feel like Chris needs a cat.
0: Um,
2: okay. Are you yeah, allergic? I'm not sure Chris feels it with the same enthusiasm you do.
5: Don't get me wrong, I prefer cats to dogs, and I love other people's cats, however.
2: Right. I love other people's cats, too. Not in a hurry to be owned by one, no?
5: No. I do not like things sleeping on my bed with me, especially things that want to crawl in my face. It never ends well for them.
3: Okay, look, I said you were a guest in my house, I could do what
2: I want, but I did apologize.
0: (laughs) Five. The other
2: morning, the other morning, Chris. I woke up, and it'd been a particularly cold night, and we get quite a lot of violent wind storm here on the because we're on an island. For those of you who don't know where I live, uh, anyway, it'd been a really rough, stormy night. I woke up at about half five, quarter six in the morning. I thought, "Why am I awake? Something's clearly woken me because I'm one of those sleepers. You know, if I come awake before a certain time in the morning,
0: Thank you, something
2: Gary. is up." Thanks, Gary. Um. <clears throat> so I'm laid in bed on my side eyes closed but sort of senses like going you know, what's going on around me why have I woken and I'm aware there's this vibration I'm like has the cat got on the bed with me which is very unusual for him but occasionally when it's really horrendous outside and he gets a bit scared so I look around no I can't see I open my eye look up on top of the duvet you can't see the cat anywhere I can still hear this sound. And in the end, I end up getting my phone from my bed to the table, flicking the light on and sort of panning it around. In the end, I lifted the duvet. And because I've been laid on my side and I'm quite broad-shouldered, obviously that leaves a gap as the duvet starts. And my cat had not only got up on the bed, he'd crawled under this little gap in the end of the duvet and had crawled down and was in the bottom of my bed, in behind my knees. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not just a case of finding them on your bed. It's a case of being shoved out of your bed by them if you're inconveniently in the way of the warmest spot in the house.
5: Yep, no, yeah, thank you.
2: If you are the warmest spot in the house. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. it's I uh... do run a little warm, so yes, that would be a common occurrence. There you go, Andrea. See,
3: that's why more of them see me than you. I just run warmer than you.
4: No, because I know they know I don't like them on me. It's like, no. Nah. Beside my feet,
2: that's it. Yeah, I think that's where we, all as sleep. a cat owner, I will say there is this weird, I don't know if you guys agree with me, I'm intrigued. There's this weird misconception that dogs are intelligent and trainable. And that cats are completely stubborn and completely untrainable, but they're not really. They do learn patterns of behavior over periods of time. Do you find that with your older cats that they understand certain gestures or. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Now, the ones that are under two years old are just fucking morons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but steve with yeah i would argue in their defense that it's just they haven't had the appropriate length of time to learn pattern behavior because they are slower than dogs to pick that kind of thing up
3: well i have had young cats when you don't have multiple cats it's much easier to train your cat um so i have had a cat that would fetch i would have a cat that would play tag i could chase her to one room poker, run to the next room she'd chase me and get me and back and
2: forth we'd go um, so yeah. You, he guys, I mean, I, I can't remember if you guys saw much of it because he tends to play up amongst company. But with Fred, if I click my fingers down here by the floor, he'll jump down off wherever he is. If I want him to get off a of furniture or off someone's lap or something like that. And if I click my fingers up in the air like that, he'll jump up and pay attention for food. So yeah, I mean you can you can teach them to exhibit trained behaviour. They're not they won't work on command like a dog will, because they don't understand the vocal part of it. Go to Key West.
3: There's a guy who works on, uh, oh my god, I forget the, the wharf, where every evening they have performers come out and do their magic shows and their music. There's one guy that works with stray cats, and he trains them to do tricks. Not just, like, sit up, but jump through hoops, leap up boxes, <laughs> press things, and he'll have... That's a 12 to 20 stray cats, not cats he brings from home, though I think he does bring a few of his, and yeah, he feeds them, they're getting food every time, but they will learn these tricks on the street, and he will do a 15, 20 minute show, and people tip tip him to watch these cats jump through hoops, literally. Mm. So it can be done, but you have to have the right motivation, and most house cats have no fucking motivation.
2: Yeah. yeah, you need the right kind of threat or bribe.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, tomato, tomato. Zazzle is great because she definitely understands more than the older. She's older, she's a female. I found that females tend to pick up on things a little quicker than males quite often. In cats also. And,
4: uh...
3: What, Andrew?
4: I said, mm. Oh. Mm. Well, until they hit a certain sort of age, because Vinyarin she is old as hell and she does not give a shit. She does what she wants.
3: Same for people.
4: She's like 19, so... So, with the...
3: Yeah. With the
0: Starlink,
3: what's a best case and a worst case scenario that we can come up with? Anywhere from, you know, robots taking over and killing us all to, you know, world peace. Andrea?
4: I got one. Going on this previous conversation, um the good thing that can come from this is cute cat videos can be seen by everyone <laughs> around the world.
3: It's true. It's true. <laughs> and not to mention porn delivered more efficiently with less mm-hmm.
2: buffering.
4: Oh, that would be nice, because...
6: Oh. oh, yeah.
2: Because... You don't have to finish that sentence. As far as I'm concerned, that's
6: the sentence.
3: Like, everybody finished it. Even if you did finish it, we'd all be, like, filling in the blank on our own anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of the episode we did about movies we want, which I won't go into it yet, but
2: it's... uh, Worst case scenario. Yeah. I don't... I'm not convinced that the worst case scenario for it is as bad as people's paranoia would make us think it could be never is but go on no i mean well i mean we mentioned at the top of the show about the the natural paranoia for being worried about exposure because of a global system affecting everybody so there's this sense that we're all going down does that make sense you know rather than there's a degree of separation which means it might be me but it might be the other guy which makes it easier for me to turn a blind eye to the risk. Yeah. Um, But I'm not convinced it would necessarily be that bad. We've heard all kinds of horror stories and panic stories about all kinds of security and internet based systems that have been developed since the invention of the internet. And very few of them have actually led to catastrophic level abuses of those systems. There've been breaches of security. There've been problems. But no one's still talking about the moment Microsoft Messenger being hacked brought the world down. So, or, yeah,
0: I
4: was going to say, or Y2K.
2: Yeah, you know, but that's another good example, though. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes back to that point we were making about this, uh, maybe slight paranoia about the way people perceive it. Are we so worried about damage to ourselves that we're over emphasizing the danger of everyone being connected to a network because the positives could be incredible oh
0: yeah could
3: be well i think people definitely look at a lot more what can happen to me than what could happen to them you know if it happens to them it happens to them that's Mm -hmm. a shame let me change my facebook Picture to have put a flag over my face or something to support them, but if it happens and to me, right it's horrible. That's right, <clears throat> it's uh, this is no different than when somebody who's not an earthquake prone area has an earthquake in their area and they're like, Oh my god, and everybody else is like, Calm down, it was only a 5.2 or a 4.3. And yeah, it's relative though,
6: folks. Come
4: on mm mm-hmm.
6: look how easy are we making it for it to happen to me and to happen to them and everybody else I mean 40 years ago you had your social security number on your driver's license you went to the store to buy something you wrote down your damn credit card number and your expiration date and your full name on this piece of paper and it was floating around all around out there everywhere and we didn't worry about it happening to us and then all of a sudden it started happening to us And now we have more protections in place than we ever had before and it's happening to more and more and more and more and more of us so if we design something like this are we making it easier for it to happen to more and more and more and more of us
3: this is a fun conversation
5: (laughs) (laughs) and i think that there is the question because it it has become easier for us to keep track of our data and move money and that sort of thing. So people are finding more ways to go about to take, you know, taking your money or other people's money because it is, you know, the convenience factor of being able to keep your credit card online so that you don't have to enter it every single time. But like it's it's out there, like it's not actually ever been really safe. It's just people are able to take money from people easier now, which is why most banks and that credit card companies have the, if your information gets stolen and you can prove it, we'll give you your money back. Like it's, it just happens with such occurrence because we've made it easier to have access to those numbers and Kevin. more people have credit cards than they did 20, 30 years ago.
2: Kevin. I was going to make a point, but Chris covered it there. Oh, very good. <laughs> it, uh
3: I remember back in the 1930s how easy it was to rob a bank and people wouldn't recognize you and not everybody had a camera. (laughs) And then we got electronic systems in the late 60s, early 70s and then we got digital systems in the 90s and now we have constant recording of everything everywhere. So it's funny to say it's easier to rob people now than then. It is...
4: It, easier to get caught
3: now than it was then. Well, it it's a steeper Shoot. learning curve, but once you conquer that learning curve, the opportunities mm-hmm. are a bit endless. I mean, even if you went and pulled, oh, I'm only going to take a dollar from somebody's account, but I'm going to do it to 3.2 billion people. Right. right. You know, right. so, oh, what are you going to charge me for a dollar? Oh, put me in jail, huh? ha mm-hmm yeah but i did it you know a billion times so there there is that and i make the joke about oh they wouldn't get much from me they don't have to if they hit enough people for a dollar let alone 20 dollars or
2: 200 dollars now what do you do Um, to be honest if, if you're talking about the kind of global network that this has the potential to become you're not even talking in terms of dollars you're talking in terms of less than a cent is a phenomenal amount of money yeah. to a single individual. Yeah, it's let alone if they take Bitcoin. Here's the thing. Yeah, you're dropping trillion, I, I mean, I, someone would have to Google it. I don't know, but however many trillion people we now have on the face of the planet, wherever it is, ridiculous number of population that's exponentially soaring every year. You could take half a cent, a completely undetectable amount that 99.9% of people would never detect Andrew. And become horrendous. You know, I'd have more money than you'd ever need to spend.
4: Well, that that's the point I was going to bring up. A lot of people don't even keep track of their money down to the penny.
3: Yeah. I do. Right. I do.
4: So, there's a couple times when there's like 10 cents missing from my bank and I call the bank it's fraudulent stuff and they return it. It's but half my fucking balance.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 10 cents is half of what you have in the bank. It's important. <laughs>
6: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's
3: not easy to rob me blind I'm already pretty fucking nearsighted as, when it comes to that
2: as, as yeah. a man who got paid this morning I feel your pain mm, Yeah. if
3: <laughs> I keep checking my bank for my next
2: deposit mm. yeah, it's very well I, I, I just
3: keep checking it for the Malbec fund you know what else I get paranoid about when there's a deposit that I don't recognize. And I, I start to panic going, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I mean, thank you for the money, but I don't care if it's $7.89. I need to know it came from my royalties from the UK, for right. my
2: books. Oh, yeah, Kev. Here's an interesting point. And you know what we were just saying about the, uh, the possibility of uh, multiple people being accessed and hacked by the vulnerability of a global system. Where everyone's connected. So, what about the potential for something going the opposite way? You read about these things like, oh, this bank accidentally paid this guy a thousand dollars extra into his account, you know, and he went off and had a spending spree, and now they've got a, you know, they've said, oh, they'll forgive him for it because it was their mistake, or whatever. What happens if you have a computer banking system that accidentally credits every single person in the world with a cent? Mm-hmm. Collapse, and the next morning you wake up, and your entire financial system for the entire planet has undergone a catastrophic collapse.
6: Yep. Yeah. I saw the too. Yeah.
2: Did you, I, I mean, that you, was off the top of my head. Is
3: anybody else getting <laughs> Superman three flashbacks with Richard
2: Pryor?
6: <laughs> you know would anyone it?
2: else got a notepad because if this became a movie I could be missing out on a dollar here <laughs> <That's right. laughs> everybody could be missing I mean, out on I a dollar I don't
5: think we're going to get Terminator style global takeover mm-hmm. I feel like if anything we're going to hit more of the Mad Mac kind of yeah you know collapse (coughs) far more viable than a terminator matrix style the computers
3: if computers take over it's going to do it by wiping out 99 percent of the population through like a brain embolism or something um right yeah we're all suddenly going to develop a radiate what's andrea Uh,
4: again have you seen the kingsman (laughs)
3: that's right that's right that's exactly what i'm talking about but i'm talking slower Over two years, just with minor beaming, suddenly you develop a tumor, a clot, and people over 10 years, we lose a huge amount of the population. I also think, this is off topic, and Kevin, I'll pass it to you, I know you said something, so. um, I think there is a good chance within the next 50 years, we're going to see a huge, and in a small period of time, burst of suicides. Because of the psychology of our society and the way we're forming things, and yes, mental health is coming out more and it's more important, but because of sci fi reasons, I think we're going to see a rash of suicides where like 2 to 12 percent of the population commits suicide within a three to five year period. Worldwide, it will be concentrated
2: mostly in first-world countries. By the way, makes sense. People who actually are more affected by the reliance on and availability of technology.
3: And Gary here says, ah. "If I sorry, Andrew, I'll hand it to you in a moment." Gary says that can actually be achieved with microwave very quickly. The embolism. Yeah, this is technology that does exist. We've recently had a nationalist or a national figure. Who a country was investigated because they possibly did this to a political figure from another country, Andrea?
4: Oh wow. Um, I was saying, I was going to say, with the suicide thing, it might be because technology is more accessible and you can reach more people, and the cyberbullying and and things like that.
3: Yeah, first world problems. And with, oh, go ahead.
4: And, and with um everybody having to be cuddled and not have to deal with things or <clears throat> bullying not being allowed or so they can't handle it when they're criticized that's, that's what i'm seeing
3: i agree with you there because it will be psychological reasons they do it and largely human animals are wired where they have to be challenged they have to face difficulties Otherwise, they start creating problems in their head that may actually be a problem, but we blow it up. This is in our psychology to turn that shit up when we don't have a real-life challenge to face, like going out and farming the field or whatever. We create issues and problems in our head. And because of that, if we get so... We all remember the mouse utopia experience, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now to briefly go over that because you all nodded, there was an experiment back in the somewhere between the 40s and 60s. A guy took a huge mouse habitat, put in so many hundred of mice. It had like 2,000 max population. As the population grew, and no predators, no challenges, food, housing, everything supplied. Before they even hit max population, the mice stopped breeding. The mice started showing psychological issues. And the final generation before the whole colony died off basically sat there grooming themselves. They looked smart, healthy, and intelligent, but they were actually dumb and lazy and wouldn't even have sex.
2: I... Then people once didn't need to because they didn't need to interact with all the other mice because they got used to just interacting with themselves, right? And the food and etc.
3: So, and I a lot of people are like, well, could that relate to? You? Yes, that could relate
2: to humans. Yeah. we can look around right now <laughs> oh, yeah. and go, "Wait, yeah. is that what you're talking about?" You can see, yeah, you're right. You can see that behavior right now. You're not talking about science fiction. for The yeah. future, fifty years from now, you can look in your neighbor's window and see. it yeah,
3: I get in trouble oh, for that, Kevin. Your own yeah. That's yeah. right. Your own window. <laughs> Andrea, what were you gonna say? I was
4: saying we can't look in our neighbor's window.
3: Well, this is something me personally, as life is changing, I'm like, I need to create my own challenges that aren't me just sitting in my own head and stewing in my own juices. I need to create my own purpose, my own reason that I get out of bed and do things and this is why I do the show. This is why I write books. This is why all these other things. Because I'm creating this this mountain challenge that I want to climb, and it gives me a reason every day. Gary says that's why old people are nosy, um, and I think what Gary's saying there is that is older people finding reasons to exist. They're finding a purpose, and it's putting their fucking nose in <clears throat> other people's business. But It's a purpose. They become the town gossiper. This is why so many military and police and other people have these structured lives. Once they retire, they're dead in six months to two years. So, and that's why computers will kill us. (laughs) 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 It's because they can make life too easy where you don't have to interact with each other. Everything is delivered to you. You have no reason to go function in a day-to-day life. We don't want them to be intelligent enough to do it. They don't need to be. We will do this shit to ourselves when we're making our lives better and better and better, but now I'm depressed.
0: Well,
4: there's one thing about living out here in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. We don't have delivery. We have to go interact. They don't do a lot of things like they do in the cities and in we, the more populated areas. So we have to leave the fucking house.
3: And we do complain about it, by the way. <laughs> I'm not saying it's better that way. I wouldn't mind a little delivery.
4: Yeah. Put on pants and leave the house. That's crazy.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not when I can stand on my porch to take a pizza with just a shirt on.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> a long shirt.
5: Gotta what? have socks.
3: <laughs> what? Gotta
5: keep those
3: cookies, <laughs> Only if I'm wearing sandals with them.
2: Oh, absolutely. You
5: monster.
3: Sock garters. <laughs> hey, Andrew, if oh, I have sock, sock garters, garters sexy. Okay. I have three pairs of sock garters, by the way, just so you know. So, uh, okay. We got a couple minutes left. Anybody got some closing thoughts on this? Give a wave at the camera and I'll just go around closing thoughts we're doomed
6: we're doomed we're doomed i'm done (laughs) there you go ed's covered
3: his andrew you got anything
4: soon cat videos to everyone
5: (laughs) chris uh i i think it has potential to help a lot of people but i think in the long run it's going to end up hurting us more
3: and let's raise a glass real quick to Dave throwing his bits around. Appreciate What's that, buddy. Cheer. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Kevin, you're yeah, almost yeah. done with that. Good thing the show's almost
2: done. What's your closing thoughts? Uh, I think it's wise to approach this kind of situation with caution rather than open optimism. And the reason I say that is if you look at the history of the way humanity has approached other technological leaps, a lot of people will just dive at it without any caution. So when this thing goes live, a lot of your friends, a lot of people will just, they're gonna use this thing. This is gonna happen. So I think the way to approach any coming situation like this is to think about what could go wrong, not what can we get from it. If we're gonna get something good from it, that'll come because people are gonna use this network. What we need to think about is what could go wrong if we fucked up when we think about what we can do with this.
3: <clears throat> okay, my closing thoughts are: uh, I'm going to use this as soon as it's available, and uh, here's what could go wrong: <laughs> is uh, we could broadcast stronger, cleaner, and more often. Cleaner, like broadcast-wise, not language and content, because fuck that. So uh, yeah, you guys are in danger of more tavern shenanigans and other such Woo-hoo. things. So, let me do the wrap-up. Hold on, get a big cat-ass in my way. I want to thank everybody for hanging out in chat and supporting the channel by throwing bits and subscribing, rating, picking up merchandise that's available. We have the Talk of the Tavern and other show pint glasses and shot glasses, a flask and shirts. also want to thank everybody for supporting us on Patreon or PayPal or right here by subscribing. Much appreciated Don't forget to check out Right Night Another podcast done by us here And if you ever want to write us With your thoughts about the episode You just listened to Or some episodes you'd like to hear us Explore and possibly do Let us know And just email us at Talkofthetavernshow at gmail.com That's talkofthetavernshow at gmail.com Other than that we're out of here Let's see how much Cogsley can stutter While he sings our outro music Oh wait you know what um toast. toast. Yeah. yeah. Toast? We didn't do an opening toast. I told you guys I'd forget uh, it. Mm. It's uh so let's do this <laughs> two ways. We're going to get one from Drunken Cogsley. Cogsley mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. uh it's, it, it's not the daily increase but daily decrease. Hack away at the unessential. Um you
1: like butter And
3: uh, I'll just go with Kevin's earlier toast of here's to our new robotic overlords. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to
2: you to by China. Okay, we're out of here, guys. for <laughs> Thank you. Good night. And one one zero 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 one one zero zero one.
3: You know what? Same about your mother. Okay. <laughs> Don't to join us at the Tad next week. Until then, have fun, keep learning, and be good to one another. Now, raise your glass in good cheer. Enjoy the small moments every day and steamy dreams every night.
1: golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately.